Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 120, titled Confessing and Repenting. Whenever we are faced with a problem, it helps to know where the problem lies. In the case of the prophet Jonah, the problem was obvious. He had rebelled against the will of God and he suffered the consequences. He had to learn that when it comes to the will of God, there is no such thing as flexibility. Consider the model, or what's better known as the Lord's Prayer, when it says we are to do his will on earth as it's done in heaven. So, how is God's will done in heaven? It's done immediately and without question. It's a matter of obedience. This was the lesson that Jonah had to learn. God was to be obeyed regardless of how he felt about the things he was told to do. So let's have a look today at Jonah chapter 3. But before we do so, let me give a little background and a quick recap of chapters 1 and 2. But I do want to encourage you to read chapter 1 and 2 in its entirety. Okay, so Jonah is a prophet and worships God. But when God calls him to go to Nineveh and preach against it because of their wickedness, Jonah tries to run away from God by buying a ticket on a boat going to Tarshish to escape. Then God sends a mighty storm on the waters so strong that the ship was about to be broken up. Then Jonah has a moment. Realizing he was wrong and running away, he tells the frightened men on the boat to throw him overboard, and when they do, the sea became calm. Then the Lord provided a big fish to swallow Jonah. Then Jonah, while in the belly of the fish, confesses and prays a gut-wrenching prayer of repentance to God. God responds here in the last verse of chapter 2. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So now let's continue with Jonah chapter 3. Verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented 
from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Okay, so let's break this down and see the effects of repentance. In verse 3 and 4, Jonah obeys. He doesn't run away from the Lord this time, but instead goes to proclaim from the Lord that Nineveh had 40 days and it would be overturned. In verse 5 through 9, the Ninevites believed God, declared a fast, put on sackcloth, which is coarse cloth made from goat's hair, which is used for mourning and was also used in repenting from sin, as we see here, as well as other passages. The king himself tore off his royal robe and wore sackcloth, and then issued a proclamation for all of Nineveh to call mightily upon God and give up their evil ways. Repentance is to change our mind and turn 180 degrees around and move in the opposite direction. In verse 10, God saw this and had compassion and did not overturn Nineveh. This same Jonah, who was unwise and ran away from God, is now used by God to turn the Ninevites around, who were violent and totally disobedient to God. But now they are believers in and followers of the true God. So what do we learn from this passage? We learn about true repentance. Repentance means to change one's mind, and in doing so, one's behavior is changed, doing a 180-degree turn from the direction we were heading. We learned that from Jonah in chapter 2, when Jonah prayed to return to God by stating his situation honestly. He was away from the Lord, but in verse 9, he says, What I have vowed, I will make good, and he does. So Jonah repents, that is, he changes his mind from running away from God and turns back to God. Jonah runs away from God's call to Nineveh. He repents turns around and goes to Nineveh. Jonah runs away from obeying God. He repents, turns around, and now obeys God. We see the process of repentance, sorrow, regret, confession, conviction, changed mind, changed behavior. True repentance always leads to a change in our behavior. If we confess but do not change our mind, that is to repent, it's like saying with your mouth but not believing in your heart. They go together. In fact, the second part, that is the believing in your heart, reveals the truth about the first part of saying with your mouth. Confession is like it. They go together. Without the repentance which is to follow, that is, the changed mind and behavior, how real is the confession? So often we are more concerned with stopping the guilt, the regret, so we truly confess our sin, our wrongdoing to God. Psalm 32 talks about when we don't confess our sins. Instead, being silent, we waste away. But true repentance goes on to conviction, knowing that God is right and his ways are right to follow. And then to behavior changes. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says, Godly sorrow brings about repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Matthew 3.8 tells us, 
produce fruit in keeping with your repentance. Next, we learn about the character of our God. We learn that God gives second chances, not only for Jonah, but for the Ninevites. We learn of God's power to change Jonah and use him as his messenger. We learn that God's purposes prevail. He wanted Nineveh to hear his message before the judgment. Today, God wills that we would be a witness of Christ to everyone. I am sure that if Jonah just refused, God would have sent someone else to them. But Jonah didn't. This time, he was wise and obeyed. We learn that God forgives. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. We learn God's compassion. God has a heart for people, Jonah and the Ninevites. God has compassion on you too, no matter who you are or what you have done. What part of God's character do you need to know today? Do you need to know that if you truly repent, change your mind and obey and serve the Lord, God can and will use you for his kingdom. God doesn't give up on you. God doesn't nullify your usefulness for him and his purposes. God didn't give up on Abraham, who lied, plus he had his own way of doing things by having a child with Hagar instead of Sarah, as God promised. But God didn't give up on him. How about Jacob? He stole and lied from his own family, yet came back to God and was given the name Israel, the name of God's people. Certainly didn't give up on him. What about David, who committed murder, adultery, yet repented, wrote scripture, and is still known as a man after God's own heart? Then Peter, who denied Jesus three times and yet came back to God, and the Lord used him as a great leader who preached a sermon, and 3,000 were saved. In closing, I want to mention Paul. As Saul, he persecuted the church, blasphemed Christ. Yet when he turned to Jesus in faith, the Lord used him as the greatest missionary there was to spread the message of the good news in Christ to everyone and also to write scripture. We grow as we learn about true repentance, God's character, and the truth that God uses us as we truly turn to him, just like Jonah and many others. May we all learn to live wise by making the most of the second chances that the Lord gives to us. How is God calling you to serve him? Is there a second chance God is calling you to? Will you make the most of it? Brothers and sisters, repentance is more than simply saying we are sorry for our sin. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We are to turn to God, trust in God, repent, turn from sin, turn to him, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance involves a redirection of our entire life by the renewing of our minds. 
It means that we are abandoning worldly goals to embrace heavenly goals. If we do not embrace the new goals of God's kingdom, then try as we might, we will continue to fall back into worldly patterns. While we may certainly come to God for forgiveness, once forgiven, we will return again to our worldly inclinations. We will do this because we are holding on to worldly goals as our root motive. In this verse, Jesus is calling us to make a change in our motive. We must surrender our allegiance to the kingdom of this world and give our allegiance fully to the kingdom of God. Now may the Spirit of the Lord rest upon you this week as you do unusual things. May the things that trouble you before no longer become significant. May the Lord give you dominion over the things that used to bother you. May you enjoy victory in the areas of concern and celebrate the level of growth that you desire. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you.